0: You're listening... No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, lovers. The show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. In the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you got to love it. My is, I don't even know my name anymore.
1: It's Koji.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I know it. I am a, oh, what did I even get up to this weekend? A part time babysitter for sure. Mm. I had a bunch of friends visiting with their children and uh, I just kept them busy while well. everyone else just kind of chilled, which was good. And uh, full time. I don't even know. Full time. Uh, I yeah. want to say, I want to make reference to how I'm now comfortable because I have both proper heating and AC in my house. So, yeah, I don't know. Full time nester. Yeah, living Net- in the lap, lap of, of
1: luxury. Yeah.
2: And with
0: me, as always, is my good friend and new condo inhabitant, Woo! Andrew uh, Patterson. My eyes. Hello? Pepper. So,
1: touched a pepper rubbed my eye.
0: Are you ready for this? Like, what appears to be the nonsense episode
1: of You Gotta Love It? Yeah, I'm really ready. Uh, Both these items are. Tell the people what we.
0: Completely nonsensical. Yeah. So, let them know. Well, the hidden gem for this week is Mandy. For anyone who doesn't know what Mandy is, it's been getting a lot of hype in the uh, festival circuit um it is nick cage's or i should say one of nick cage's latest opuses about uh a husband and wife who uh encounter these this cult i guess who becomes obsessed with the wife and uh, the wife gets kidnapped and, or the both the husband and wife get kidnapped and they don't even it's like home invasion it all happens in their home well but they're not taking their home, are they? Like, when he's strung up yeah. in the backyard, is that their... That's that his, his
1: house, yeah. Oh. That whole, like, drug-addled... I mean, we'll come back to this, but that whole drug-addled, like, where it's everything's pink and blue, and he's, like, playing his music, he's mm-hmm. playing it, like, on their record player, like, in their living room.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. How did he just has his record with him yeah, at all apparently, times? Apparently, in the van, maybe. Uh, I just assumed
1: that was, like, one I, of their little hideouts or something. Yeah. Anyway, I also I, did, but then I pieced it together when... Uh,
0: you can you can explain that later, but yeah. Um, and so, uh, eventually, Nick Cage, the husband, gets free and goes on a rampage for revenge. Um, and that's essentially the movie. I mean, there's a, you can't really explain this movie. I could literally explain to you almost everything that happens, and it wouldn't matter. Is that would you agree about? It? Like, would mm. it be ruined to you if someone was, like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened? Like, I don't think it would matter if there were spoilers, right? It's not, like, a spoilerish movie.
1: Not, yeah, not really. It's kind of, um, I don't know. I would compare it to, like, a more wildly out-of-control Kill Bill. Like, it's definitely, like, halfway between... It's like a revenge movie done in the style of a horror film. But there's no suspense, right? It's like... I would say there's suspense. It, well, for well, the, f- to to the first point, half, yeah. maybe. But it's 60%,
0: 60% of the movie is the visuals. Like, it's not yeah. really the story that you're, you know.
1: No. But it's kind of... I don't know. Like, it's hard. It's... Shit's got layers, man. Like, it's got... the By layers, I mean, like... So, the other thing that we... That Koji kind of neglected to mention is that... Uh, this cult like there, there's a lot of drugs in this movie and the cult are kind of in cahoots with a biker gang like a that got a bad batch of LSD they used to you come to find out they like used to deal LSD and they like got this batch that basically like drove them mad like instantaneously and they're like like horror movie monsters like one of them's got like nails driven in through his skin like they all look you well, we like, don't know if
0: it's through his skin but
1: he's he's wearing like a leather like gimp suit almost and he looks like uh what's his name pinhead from hellraiser I was thinking of the big guy with the seven strap on oh like yeah like that guy's got like shit driven through his arms uh, and stuff yeah, like that true. yeah that's true There's like the pinhead guy. There's like the woman in like the crazy bondage, like the growth that looks like a plastic mask has been melted to her face. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the point. Again, it's so easy to go on tangents in this movie, almost more than many of the other movies we've talked about recently. But basically, um, yeah, they got this bad batch, and so very early on in the movie, like it's it's incredibly stylized. It's done very much as like an homage to like. I don't know, 80s horror, would you say? Like, 80s horror? I don't know. Like it's Yeah, I, it's it's an homage to a lot of things. Because, I mean... It's like wa- Stranger Things meets It Follows, but, like, in way more violent. <laughs> yeah, than meet, any meets, like, those
0: House Th- of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. You know? Because I think there's, like, a lot of House of a Thousand Corpses-esque with all, like, the weird multicolored shit and, like, the yeah. strobes and everything. But it, it essentially happens in three parts, right? The first mm-hmm. part is your introduction to Nicolas Cage and the wife and the... Cult people. So essentially, what happens is Nick Cage and his wife are walking down the street, and this van drives by, and the leader of the cult sees his wife and becomes obsessed with her for some. Yeah, it's like reason. a country road too. Yeah, like don't let anything. They all live they in the they of just it's nowhere. like the
1: woods. Yeah, it's like the like the mountains basically.
0: And each each act you know has its own title card, and the and it's even stylized differently for each act, and it kind of almost lets you know what's going to happen. So the first act. The title card looks like like a high fantasy movie almost. It's mm-hmm. got like this like gold leaf lettering and yeah, all the stuff. And you're kind of let into their like quaint but idyllic life. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're like making art together. She's like, it
1: almost looks like she's working for heavy metal magazine or something. Yeah, like, she's like a really talented like painter. She does like fantasy art and stuff. And yeah. yeah. And uh, did you recognize her by the way? No. Should she's, I have? have you seen Oblivion? Yeah. She's the. Like redhead, like the woman that is also cloned with him. Oh, really? Yeah. That you know, like oh. the one that like does all of the. She stays in the, yeah, the base while he goes out and checks all the things. Yeah, yeah. And, Um She's I, well, she's in more than that. She's in mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. But I was like, she, the makeup. She, she, they did such a good job that she looks almost like you know when you see like indie or sort of like this type of like indie whore, Sometimes they find these like really people that look strange, they yep. don't have to put much makeup on them. They put like the makeup was amazing on her cuz like it was just like like that little scar like that scar looked like it was actually maybe like real, real. like, a, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was just like, "Oh, she's just a really interesting looking person," but I was like, "I recognize her from somewhere." And then I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, she has got quite the range because <laughs> it's like nothing like Anyway, um yeah, so that was part 1, part 2. So Well, while we're on that
0: whole bit, the cult leader is a, for a long time, was the district attorney on law and order criminal, not SVU.
1: And I could not stop thinking about it. That's That's what happened. He just went off the deep end after seeing too too many (laughs) traumatizing cases. Well, he's not on on the show anymore. So he just became like a recluse that started a cult, tried to have a music career. Oh, man. Yeah, so the second half is them getting kidnapped, and
0: it's almost like an LSD nightmare, yeah, or like it's a pretty fucked a up weird acid trip. Like that,
1: whole, there's a whole scene where um, it's like ten minutes of the movie where you can almost not understand what people are saying because it sounds like 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 layered, like everything they say is all like you're just like and the, you're the, fucked up. The dude. camera's
0: weird, and and the cult leader is is essentially spilling his guts to Mandy, and they're like faces are switching, you know, yeah. like one face is melting into the other face and it's so weird. I just, okay.
1: I know that like this kind of sounds all over. I, I was just thinking that I'm like, how can we distill this into this experience into a more like uh, coherent, coherent. Uh, it's kind of hard to do.
0: The movie is not that coherent, which is cause at one point there's like a huge insect that they injected yeah. it with. Like what the fuck was that? Yeah. And okay. Look, Let me ask you this. You know what? We don't need to describe what the movie's about. That's not what we're here to do. Right. So, well, let's get into discussing it, but let me just ask you. Did you think that there was going to be some sort of, like, supernatural element to this?
1: I did, going into it. The two things I thought going into this movie, knowing very little about it, Mm -hmm. just having seen the trailer and read, like, three sentences about it, A, I thought that it was going to be more horror than revenge in that it, i thought there was going to be like i thought it, based on the trailer i thought maybe that guy was actually like some sort of warlock or something and right like summoned these like crazy demonic creatures or but something like when that. did you not think that that was the case in the first act because in the first act like in the first and second act like i think that um
0: it, see, it took me a while to realize that wasn't the case
1: yeah i was like okay i clearly i it, it was very clear to me that they were a cult yeah, almost as soon as they're introduced because of how deferential the people are to him and like how weird he was being. And I was like, right. okay, this seems kind of normal. And then like when he shows up and he was talking about his music. Yeah, I was like, okay, but before the bug, the bug was weird before
0: but- that, though. Right. He's like, get me the conch or whatever. Right, and it's like, like an ocarina, type yeah, thing, yeah. And they he blows this whistle, and these like demon bikers show up. You yeah. didn't think that it was like they were like it was supernatural of some kind.
1: I still did think it was supernatural. I guess you it did. Just, I yeah, I thought oh, there was elements. Okay. Yeah, oh, but I can. was kind of like, this is sort of weird. Like maybe it's not. You know, but
0: like, why does he have to blow that fucking whistle? Like I don't understand any of
1: this. Well, the whole thing is because it kind of your other question that you asked before we started recording. Yeah. Whether I th- how much do I think actually happened? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think that the whole thing is that the only scene to me, the only scenes that seem grounded in reality were the, in the first act where it introduces them. Yeah. And when he goes to see his buddy, because his buddy tells him that story and there's absolutely nothing crazy happening with the visuals, you know? It's right. just like they're sitting in his buddy's trailer and he explains something that basically, I feel like from that point, you can either believe it really happened and there was some sort of weird spiritual you know, or mystical element, or you can believe that that actually explains everything that's happening. Basically, you know, it takes takes place during the 80s. There are these drug dealers that were these, like, particularly violent bikers, and they were given this bad batch of drugs, and they fucking just went crazy, and Mm -hmm. they've been just kind of rampaging in the shadows. And like he was saying, there's rumors of, like, you know, truckers being found dead. Like, they're basically just doing whatever they want, which is really horrific and chaotic. And then, simultaneously, there's also a cult, which is just its own thing led by this, like, you know, this musician who also kind of maybe did too many drugs, you know, like yeah, it just yeah. sort of like they did it in a way where I was like, Oh, okay. Like that kind of exp- as horrifying as it is, that kind of gives you like a frame of reference for what's happening. And sure. then shortly after that, there's a point where you see Nick cage. He, uh, uh, when he, doses himself a little bit yeah and then shit gets really crazy you're like oh, okay it almost like ex- ju- not justifies but in your head you're like these guys were crazy because they were like drinking this shit yeah he took a little bit and then the rest of the movie is like as chaotic as all of it the- it's sort of like when um they were using the crazy film techniques to like show you when there was some sort of drugs you know like yeah. even if you just smoking weed there would be sort of like a weird haziness to things every time the cult was sort of but was that
0: insect like a real thing or was that like a i don't know so So,
1: okay and and i think that like the 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 horn i think like it's almost like everybody in there was into like weird fantasy stuff so it was amplified by the drugs so it's like the fact that they summon the bikers by blowing that thing like i don't think that that's supposed to be you can interpret it as this weird demonic or, like, you know, magical thing, but all it is is, like, they're all kind of on the same wavelength. And it's, it's just like... weird, because, like,
0: don't they offer sacrifices to the bikers yeah. as well? <laughs> which yeah. Is... The... So, okay. The one thing I didn't like about this movie, and then we'll get into all the things that I liked about it, was the revenge part of it. He gets revenge on the bikers, and it's very difficult, which I liked. Yeah. You know? He's, like, struggling throughout the whole thing. But then once he deals with the bikers everything else is just like easy it was
1: kind of weird yeah it felt sort of like switched yeah he like almost seemed like it almost seemed like he uh like it should have escalated but it didn't yeah except for the super long chainsaw that was kind of cool oh yeah the like chainsaw sword fight yeah that was cool when like when he's trying to get his started and then the yeah. guy just d- starts pulling his out but it's like three times the length and you're yeah. just like oh fuck but um yeah i'd agree with that i didn't it didn't like weirdly it was almost refreshing mm-hmm. if that makes sense because like that is such a formulaic like everything escalating like three steps of escalation to the climax right it was like he when he goes to his buddy to get his crossbow and then he makes the axe <laughs> which was really crazy and also felt kind of like out of step like it was a little bit sp- mystical right well, so
0: i saw that in the preview yeah and so i th- i thought for sure like there's going to be some sort of magic involved yeah you know
1: uh, and his buddy just tells him, like, where they are. Yeah. Like, where the bikers have been seen. And he just, like, fucking loads up with uh, weapons and just fucking cruises out there. Just, like, on the... on Just hell-bent on just destroying them. Yeah. And it's, like, so nightmarish and, like, fucked up. But it's kind of, like... I don't know. I, you know what? Another movie that kind of does that well, if you watch the whole thing, mm-hmm. is Kill Bill. Because, like, in everything is out of order in Kill Bill, you know what I mean? Like, it's staggered how she hunts down the rest of the Deadly Viper assassination squad. But, like, when you're watching it, you see her fight the Crazy 88, which is insane. You see her fight, uh, you know, Orenishi. You see her fight, uh, she gets... There's a whole thing where fucking Michael Madsen shoots her with the salt Mm -hmm. and, like, buries her alive, and she has to crawl out. And it's sort of like fighting off 88 samurais yeah and then going to just like a one-on-one where you sneak up on a guy and he just shoots you and you're just like fought, you know right up to the end of the movie where she doesn't even fight bill right they just have a conversation and then she does the five finger exploding heart technique and he just takes five steps and dies yeah spoiler alert for anybody that somehow still hasn't seen kill bill and it but it doesn't feel like a letdown really you know like it's just sort of like in the first part of the movie when it was in theaters, I was like, yo, the second part's going to be crazy to top this shit. Yeah. And I'm sure there were people that were disappointed that it wasn't crazier, but it was kind of like, Oh. Um, and then of course, if you do place it in order, like the, the order that she hunts them down, it is like, it does kind of escalate. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he, she gets out of the hospital, mm-hmm. steals that guy's truck. Yeah. And then it's sort of just like, everything is displaced, like, w- in what order she gets them, but anyway, I just think uh, it was a bit weird, but I don't know, man, it was so crazy, I was not expecting it to be, I, w- I was saying to you before we recorded that I was expecting, you know, because of the quotes in the trailer talk about how it's this, like, hyper-violent, you know, tripped-out journey through fucking the psyche of, like, a, you know, whatever, and I was just like, oh, fuck, so, for the first half of the movie, I was expecting this, like, over-the-top, almost B-horror movie violence. Yeah. And it just wasn't... The shoe wasn't dropping. Like, it was very suspenseful, and I knew some shit was going to happen. But I, cut like, let my guard down after, like, 40 minutes of the movie because I was just like, oh, like, there's some fucked-up shit, but, like, nothing really crazy has happened. And then it just fucking... Rat- it goes from, like, zero to 100. Like, he, yeah. like... After, from the first crossbow shot to hitting the guy with his car, yeah. he wakes up and it's like you're, pl- you're playing Silent Hill, you know what I right. mean? Like, it's yeah. like he wakes up and, like, somebody's nailed his hand to the fucking floor and there's just this, like, terrifying, like, bondage monster right. woman <laughs> right. that's, that, like, rips his shirt and he's just sitting beside, like, a pit for some reason and there's just, like, like it immediately it almost worked more effectively because the fir- for the first half of the movie, I was kind of like super tense. Like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. And then, you know, after a while I got tired of being so tense and I just kind of settled into like, oh, okay, like he's going to like wake up and some shit's going to go down. And even when they like, you know, do when they do the deed yeah. uh, in front of him, it doesn't, it it's hor You're like, it's horrifying and it's awful, but it doesn't like, it's done very slowly, you know. So right. it's not. There's nothing like jumping out at you. You're like, oh fuck, he's gonna be like. It's like watching Brad Pitt and fight in uh Snatch when he's watching his 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 mom's caravan burn. Yeah, and it's like slow motion. You're like, oh, he's gonna fuck shit up. And uh yeah, anyway, so from the first like crossbow bolt when he shoots that guy and then hits him with the car I, and then like wakes up, I was like, oh fuck, okay, now I'm just like completely on edge because I have no idea like where is he right now what is happening yeah and it just gets like it really does get increasingly horrifying like there's like some really fucked up imagery that hits you almost immediately and it's all in like the span of like 20 minutes you're just like jesus christ like
0: at one point it feels like they go to the gates of hell
1: yeah well that oh man it's it's nuts and then like when he does the drugs when he does all that cocaine and then like and then fucking takes a hit of the lsd and his face melts off and yeah. shit there's like animation i was just like what is happening oh the animation yeah
0: oh my god yeah oh what a bizarre movie it,
1: it was really crazy um sorry go ahead what were you gonna say
0: well i was gonna say so why should people watch this movie aside from the amazing i should say that my favorite part the visuals like just visually this movie is very pretty to look at mm-hmm. i think and the soundtrack is uh, very interesting
1: yeah it's uh it's like if you're into movies that are kind of really like only god forgives you know drive anything johnny jewell's been involved in yeah from the, from a music perspective also johnny jewell could have had a hand in some of this music for sure right. although um it was uh jonas uh johansson's uh, last movie score, unf- unfortunately, because I, I love that composer. He's amazing. He did like Sicario and like Arrival. Yeah, uh, and he passed away, I think, uh, earlier this year or last year. Um, he was very young, at the age of forty-eight. Oh, but really? Definitely worth checking out. Like basically his entire
2: oeuvre, mm-hmm.
1: because he is a very he was a very talented composer. But anyway, this this. And he did a great job in this film because yeah. it's super atmospheric. Like I would say that if you are a fan of things like Stranger Things and all those other things I just listed, just like style, like intentionally stylized filmmaking, that's like very on the nose. Like it doesn't hide that it's not like, a, like there's a, there's a bunch of noise in the like.
0: It's almost meant to look like a
1: VHS at points. Yeah, but I'm, like. Very much on purpose. Yeah. Uh very saturated, very like crazy intense colors and yeah. like and lighting that is like feels like um you know, it's unrealistic. Like you're oh, looking yeah. in the trees and it's like they just set up a red and purple spotlight in the middle of the woods and, and like to light something and yeah. you're like, Oh, okay. But like it the light isn't there to the characters in the movie. It's just like you're like, Oh fuck. Right. Like the end of Baby Driver. Yeah. when like fucking John Hams in the car and you see the fucking red light and the, yeah, yeah so yeah sweet. anyway um it's just a like trip like i would say that if you're not into very graphic horror movies to probably avoid it but i would also say that if you are the type of person that does enjoy like a you know sort of like Hannah or Kill Bill or sort of like revenge thrillers even, yeah, you would probably do okay in this because it's not so much about like monsters killing people, even though that it kind of is in it. It's more about like one guy being wronged and then just like going on like a drug-addled murdering spree. You know what I mean? Like it almost like dulls the doesn't dull the horrificness of it but like if it was like a group of 5 people that were captured by this cult it would feel like a very different movie you know what i mean like it would be yeah. like that would be more like horror this felt initially kind of like a horror and at moments like moments of a horror movie but it definitely felt more almost like an action movie yeah. you know what i mean like
0: it's almost like turbo kid or something it's yeah bizarre
1: sort of. yeah except the the graphicness is not as funny yeah it's more shocking right right like it's very so i think the main
0: reason people should see this movie is because it nick cage is still very much nick cage in this movie but it fits so perfectly into this movie Mm -hmm.
1: it's it's not not like uh adaptation nick cage like fucking wicker man yeah
0: nick cage yeah but it's not if Wicker Man is the perfect example because you watch that movie and you're just like, like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> you know? It, or, or it's like Mark Wahlberg in uh, that movie about the plants. Whatever fucking movie that was. The Happening? The Happening. Yeah. Right? You're just like, why would you make these choices? You know? Mm. But this movie is absolutely not like that. Like, Nick Cage is acting very much in a, in a like over-the-top Nick Cage fashion, but it works because yeah. of how stylized the movie is and what yeah. the, the rest of the characters are like it almost makes sense that he's as crazy as he is yeah especially because he starts getting super drug-addled and whatever what's your favorite moment in this movie my speaking of drug-addled my favorite m- moment is when he
1: tastes the the like LSD. biker's concoction yeah and, his and face he just off. has this vision of like his head absolute ex- like, insanity yeah there's like a sub exploding sun and then his face melt like melts like yeah. fucking uh, indiana jones style and you're just like what is happening yeah
0: yeah and there's like a Sorry. weird
1: heavy metal-esque animated sequence yeah and there's right. there's like very
0: of- very much like an homage to heavy metal
1: yeah there's the peppered throughout there's a couple other animated sequences too like mm-hmm. when he sees mandy and there's like the maggots in her face and stuff right Ah, uh, my favorite. I, so, I mean, I like... Um, like, it even had the green glowing orb
0: that yeah. is in the original heavy metal. Like,
1: anyway. Yeah, and and the movie ends on a card that is like a matte painting. Like, yeah. he's he's, like, basically permanently fried his brain or something. He's been through such a traumatizing experience that, like, what is even real now? You know, yeah. like, he's...
0: It's so interesting, though. I feel like this easily could have been one of the he- stories out of heavy metal. Like, if the, yeah. this entire movie was animated, yeah. it would have fit right into the whole, whole heavy metal world.
1: I don't know what my favorite moment was because, again, this isn't really the kind of thing that I normally watch. I did enjoy it. It was just like, it was like really a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just like going into it, just like cold not with like a group of people. Like I was just like, fuck, this is like, there's some intense shit. Mostly when he wakes up in that basement with his hand nailed to the floor. Like yeah. I was like, basically beside my, I was just kind of like, Oh, I don't like this. This is fucked up. And then like, he sees like that, those bodies in the, like, right. I was just like, this is like kind of, I, I also, would say. I like when
0: the cult leader puts his album on. Yeah. And Mandy's just like, this did is you, you write a song like, about yourself?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then stress, yeah. 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 I, I think that um, because I'm a fan of like movies like The Raid yeah, and I love the probably from a from a childhood playing video games the sort of like boss fight-esque nature of movies like that, of like revenge movies like you said, even though it was kind of out of order You're Right. I think one of my favorite moments was when he is almost at the end and he, the classic like Indiana Jones type like somebody draws their gun and then the other person draws like a bigger gun. I know that in Indiana Jones, it's like the guy with the swords and he takes out his gun and shoots him. But like that idea. And it was so in character in this movie for, for like, you know, it made me think of evil dead. It made me think of all of these like old horror movies, how he, he has this insane ax. He's got like a fucking like Bowie knife in his belt. He's got like a, Uh, crossbow he has all these weapons but he puts them all down because he sees a chainsaw and at the beginning of the movie you see that he works as like a he does logging like that's his job and he picks up the chainsaw and he's like cranking it and just the way that it's framed when he's like walking up and there's that huge guy that you haven't seen do anything right right there's just this giant he's been in other fuck what's that guy's name like he's been in other movies anyway this huge guy and he's like whittling like a piece of wood right And then when Nick Cage, like, comes in, just, like, the way that the whole thing was set up, it felt, like, even though it wasn't crazier than the guys that had, like, nails driven through their skin, you're, like, oh, what is gonna happen? And then he pulls out the, like, chainsaw that's, like, a meter and a half long, like, the blade of it, and then just, like, cranks it. I was, like, oh, shit, this is gonna be crazy. And it really had the, even though everything about what's happening and what had happened was so horrific, it really had that, like you know, pen ultimate showdown feeling like right. Nick Cage is covered in like mud and like blood. He looks just nuts. You can only really see his teeth and the whites of his eyes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like trying to get this chainsaw started while this huge guy's got like this, like it was just so out of control. And I was like there for it in that moment. I was like, oh, this is fucking sweet. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good but movie But yeah, it was,
1: it was crazy, man. Like I, uh, it's, it is, I think people should just check it out because it's, you know, a lot of the hidden gems, I think, that we really say people should check out are things that are kind of unlike... It's like a break break from the norm, you know? This like is definitely a break from the norm. Like, you know, if you feel like you're getting sort of tired of the same old movies or TV shows or whatever, or, you know, you just want like... This movie is just like... It is something. Like, it is... It's definitely like... Yeah. Well, we're going to uh, talk a huge break from the norm
0: with our next movie. But before we do that, how much did this movie cost to make? What was the budget?
2: $40
1: million, $50 million.
0: I only have an estimation, but it is $6 million.
1: Wow. Nick Cage was like in this movie for... for like They cost him $6 million to... Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. He was probably in it for I was scale. way off. And uh, how much has
1: it made so far? Keeping in mind that it has yet to have a wide release, and I think they just put it out on... Yeah. Uh, Didn't it hit the festival circuit in like January, and then like came out... For streaming or something in September or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'll say forty million again.
0: No, it's made a million so far. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm way. I was way off on both cases. Yeah, Yeah. I guess if it hasn't had a wide release, it's only been on the festival circuit. It's probably not raking in millions. No. But I bet because of all of the hype, is it still? Is it going to see a wide theatrical release? Like, are they going to? I'm not sure. I have no idea. But I'm sure. I feel like it would do well. The streaming numbers probably will help for sure. It's like a weird, as weird as it is, I feel like the fact that Nick Cage is in it is yeah. enough of a draw for most people. You know, like well,
0: that, how much would you pay to see this movie?
1: I would pay like full price to see this movie in theaters. Yeah. I would see, I would so see like a VIP showing of this. this with is, a bunch this of friends. A, this
0: is a theater film for you.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm with, you. Like, I'm with he, you. like I would have done, it's definitely we, a rental. I, I would have done what we did on fucking Friday. Yeah. For this movie. Right. You know,
0: well, like, so I would 100% pay the, like, $6 or whatever it is to rent this movie on uh, on Apple or wherever it is that you get these movies.
1: This, oh, fuck, it's so crazy. It also, like, it, it's, it. I, sh- I should have also mentioned Enter the Void. It's, like, a mixture of, like, Kill Bill, Stranger Things, Enter the Void, and, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe that's it. And Seven. There's enough horrific imagery in it. Okay,
0: um, do I have any more questions for you? No, I think we've we've answered it. So it's either go to theaters if you can or for sure pay the six dollars to rent it. It's for sure worth six dollars or twelve dollars or whatever to own it. It's definitely worth that. Uh, okay, now, from one sort of outsider film to another, the you gotta love it for the week is Neil Breen's Twisted Pair. And if you're wondering what that is, uh, Neil Breen is a filmmaker that we've actually looked at once before, thanks to our good friends at the uh, Overrated Podcast. They had us watch uh, Faithful Findings by Neil Breen. Uh, And unbeknownst to us, our good friends, uh, Dave Murray and Bennett Slater, are fans of Neil
1: Breen. So we got tickets. And me na- call a Neil Breen fan. Now me
0: too. A human Breen.
1: Oh, shit. Did you just come up with that right now? Or is that an actual no. thing? Oh,
0: you weren't there for that. No. Oh, wow. Okay. So before... So let me preface this by saying... I was saying, getting a fried chicken sandwich. I mean, even before that. Yeah. Andrew and I uh, and the aforementioned friends went to go see Twisted Pear at a uh, sort of like revival film house here in Toronto. <laughs> uh, it was so crazy. and Wait. we before the movie played they sh- were showing the previews for his other movies and once they w- like went through his whole catalog because he's got several films They there was a video montage set to um, the song from Drive but oh, yeah. it just kept saying a real <laughs> human brain <laughs> and it was pretty incredible
1: that is pretty good
0: yeah So, yeah, Twisted Pair. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Maybe you can explain this film because I don't know
1: that I can. Okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, It is a um, science fiction political thriller wherein uh, two twin brothers who are given... Uh, supernatural abilities by some higher force potentially an alien we are not quite sure Um, do missions top secret government missions against the government though also not quite sure about that but what the point is people who are evil and corrupt like around the world um, it is these twins job to stop these people using their, uh, their abilities and their powers. And somewhere along the line, one of the twin brothers has his powers taken away, um, almost as punishment. Um, and so the movie is about the brother who still has the powers, uh, kind of like tackling the biggest mission of his life, which is to stop the spread of like, um, something to do with artificial intelligence and virtual reality and also like cloning and sentient machines and something that goes through pipes and something that goes through pipes. Uh, and, uh, in the midst of it, his brother reappears basically. And it's about him sort of like trying to, uh, I guess reconnect and deal with the reappearance of his twin brother in his life. Who's kind of like, a dark version of him but isn't evil he just like his methods are evil but they're kind of still fighting for the same cause yeah so
0: i mean they're fighting for
1: justice for humanity and
0: one of them is doing it in a in a more sort of not above board but in a more grandiose sort of way fighting against these like villains in an over the top sort of think of like a james bond Type scenario, except he's a robot that can what? what, Like, what are his powers? He can jump really high and run really fast, I guess. Anyway, and then the other brother is just like ferreting out, he's
1: mandying, he's fucking like Nick Cage and mandying these guys, honestly, just ferreting it out, ferreting chaining them up in warehouses, and just like,
0: and yeah, just kidnapping business people who are corrupt and torturing them for yeah. seemingly no reason. I mean other than just revenge, but like it's it's not <laughs> as if he's like trying to get information out of them. He's just like you guys have been terrible. I'm going to keep you in this basement for days. <laughs> you guys have been terrible. Um if it if what we're saying sounds like nonsense, it's because the movie is o- almost incoherent nonsense. But I think we did a good job
1: actually of summarizing it.
0: Sure. But in in the, it's from my perspective, it is incoherent nonsense in the best
1: possible way.
0: Like, every movie this guy makes, it, like, is on the verge of making absolute sense, but then makes no sense. But you can't look away. Like, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible not to watch. It's, and it's not one of these things where you're, like, watching a car accident or something. Like, it's not so grotesque that you can't look away. It's just, like, your brain <laughs> is constantly trying to make sense of what you're seeing. Yeah, the
1: decisions, I think, are... Like, okay, My the main thing this is going to sound maybe ludicrous to you or to people that have seen this movie. But the main thing that actually was just, uh, I was talking about it with Anthony a little bit after like, why? So fuck, I don't even know how to to articulate this. So Neil Breen does, he writes and directs and stars in and it does like all of the filming. He does everything, right? Like almost every single thing, if not every single thing is him. Yeah. So, like, some of the shots that were just unnecessarily long, Yeah, those were the things that, like, you <laughs> this know, movie could be half an hour. Yeah, it could be half an hour, but, like, I think it was just, like, somebody who loves film. Yeah. You know, like, okay, it's a lot of parallels to, like, Tommy but it's on a different plane, right? Okay, hold on. We'll get back to what you're saying,
0: but you mentioned Tommy and I have to say this the one thing about Neil Breen, like Tommy Wiseau has gotten to the point where he made this thing that he thought was a masterpiece and then people laughed at it. And he's like, he's come to terms with the fact like, well, okay, as long as people are enjoying it, like it was, he now knows and acknowledges that it was a terrible movie, but is, is happy that it's uh, achieved this status. Whereas Neil Breen does not think that he makes terrible movies to this day. No, does not believe that he makes terrible movies and, uh, would probably be very upset if you told him his movie was bad, but it's it's that much. He does put passion into these movies. Like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious that this, these
1: movies are made by somebody who cares. Yeah, he takes it very seriously. I think he takes himself very seriously. Yeah, and he takes the subject matter very seriously. And so he's, you were like saying very, he's very angry. Yeah, you can tell. Oh, very angry. Very angry about a lot of things. But yeah, so some of the shots, it was just like you know, if you could, if one could offer just the, like, even one bit of constructive criticism, it was just like, yeah, you do everything yourself. That's cool. But like there were just some shots where I was like, this shot did not need to be a minute and a half long, you know? Like it was just like, and that took me out of the movie more than anything. And that's the part that I know because there's so many people that watch it and are just like finding it hilarious. Like I, I, I was I was trying to follow it and then there would just be like a scene where he just is walking behind some trees. Yeah. Behind some trees or like he's walking and it's not like suspenseful, which might be the intent. It's just sort of like, okay, what's happening. Yeah. Like cut to the next shot of you entering the building, you know, like it'd be like if I parked my car, um, you know, on the farthest parking spot in like a Walmart parking lot. And then there's a shot of me walking to the front door of the Walmart rather than just, showing me parking and then just cutting to me going in the door. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's a criticism of like the technique, but it just like, it was so crazy. It happened so frequently that it stood out to me. Like when I walked out of the movie, even though people, you know, the fans of his films and like the people, there's so many things, people talking about like, Oh, this didn't make sense or this or that. Like the thing that stood out the most to me somehow was just like, I was just like, there's so many moments where I was aware that I was sitting (laughs) watching, you know, I was just like, shit dude like well so let me ask you just tighten it up a little bit and like it could you know i think it would go anyway if you're not aware of the fact that people are criticizing you for these things it doesn't even matter but what did you love about this movie
0: Mm. i loved because there's definitely something enjoyable about it like it's it's almost undeniable when you're watching it it's not something that i would watch alone let me put it that way if i had to watch it by myself it would be horrible (laughs) But when you're with your buddies, it's, there's
1: like so just something about it, you know? Uh I'll tell you what I didn't like, the weird rape
2: fantasy <laughs> sequence
1: at the beginning that was confusing to absolutely everyone in the theater. Yeah. People were very uh, upset. It wasn't crazy about the people sitting behind us. That has Oh, uh, what to do with was the
0: movie? noise the guy was oh. making? Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: Oh. Oh. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> there's something about a Neil Breen screening that brings out people that generally don't spend a lot of time in <laughs>
1: public. <laughs> for sure, um, I liked that. Uh, ooh, it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's like a charm to the fact that he is so determined to uh, produce. I mean, A, to do everything himself, Mm -hmm. you know, like something about it is kind of scary because it's like he needs to... I'm sure he could find people to, you know, if he can find actors to be in the movie, I'm sure he could find people to do those things, but he just wants to do them. Like he wants full control. Right. He doesn't want somebody to look at the script or like, you know, or like produce the script, you know, with from like a screenplay. He doesn't want somebody to do cinematography. He doesn't want somebody else behind... The cameras, or whatever it may be. So, yeah. there's something that's both scary, but also like, yeah, I mean, fucking, you go for it, you know? Right. And it shows in the movie. Like, when you're watching it, there's just lots where you're just like, oh, like the stock footage. There's footage that is like stock footage, but then like he's edited into the stock footage. And it was yeah. just like, you know, if you can't find some sort of super hyper advanced virtual reality space with like scientists working in it. Fucking just buy the stock footage and work with that. You know what Super I mean? Like, put it was yourself just, into it. Yeah, it was just like, it, there's so you're, you know, people laugh, but I was kind of watching it and it was just like, huh.
0: One thing that was really hard for me, and it, I know that it was probably just he needed some scientific looking spaces and some like government compound looking spaces, but all the scenes, both like the hideout and the like, whatever sewage plant and the um the government agency that he worked for it was all the same building Mm -hmm. so sometimes i'd be confused as to where he was and what the scenario was and like he would constantly be walking by the same alley where at one point you meet like a homeless character that i guess he interacts with but at other points in the movie he's walking by that exact same strip but it's supposed to be somewhere totally different and it would I don't know. There was definitely a lot of very confusing moments and a lot of actors playing different Multiple characters. characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you enjoy the viewing of this movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time and there's so much to talk about. And our friend Bennett Slater was supposed to be on this episode. And I kind of wish that he was here to discuss it with us. Cause yeah, I'm we, sure he, yes, have...
1: you Ben, we wanted to, I was really excited to talk about both of these movies with you.
0: Uh, What's, what's the best m- moment of this movie?
1: The best moment. The best moment of this movie. Oof. That's a-, a tough one. Maybe... <sighs> Fuck, man.
0: I know what my answer is. It's a the clear... Mexican,
1: Mexican standoff? Clear as day to me.
0: No. <laughs> For me, my favorite moment of the movie is when near the end of the movie they go to that like enchanted forest Mm. scene and he's walking through like he seems to walk through the forest for what seems to be 10 minutes yeah and then then you think like that he meets like the alien character or something and it like a flash of light happens on the screen (laughs) and there's like a bit of an explanation and then he's back in the forest again and it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you saw it, it's almost like watching the end of Lord of the Rings. You know, you it think the movie's the ring. over it like a hundred times yeah. and it's just
1: not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what, that's my favorite part of the movie.
1: Um, oh man. I'm just thinking of so many scenes in the movie now. It was weird. that Is it Astro uh,
0: Eagle? Is that oh your yeah. favorite part?
1: That was used twice. Yeah. There, uh, anthony pointed out at one point when he's when when the the twisted twin is fighting with his girlfriend yeah and like
0: oh the punching he, sound effect
1: He yeah like it just how did you just miss putting the like uh, sometimes he would hit her or she would hit him and there would be this punching sound effect but then he would there would be another hit like a clearly a separate hit and no sound effect. And it just seemed like such a like hasty oversight. Like, you know, it wouldn't be, wouldn't have been that hard to just notice that there, there was another skin on skin contact and just cue up that same sound effect in the editing. So there's like, I don't know, there's little things that were just kind of hard to not notice. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could really nail down like a favorite scene. Cause when I got there, I was, eating a sandwich and i had a beer and i was just like all right well let's do this these guys were really hell bent on getting me to come out to this screening
0: my favorite part of the entire screening was bennett slater's face
1: oh there he had some great faces oh i know what the part was when the homeless guy gets stabbed in the leg (laughs) yeah because his reaction was perfectly summarized the reaction of almost everybody in the theater throughout the movie right you don't see his face but he just like this shadowy figure that we still are not entirely sure who it who is who it was stabs and kn- not just like crouches down in front of this homeless guy yeah. for some reason and then stabs him in the leg. And there's like a, you know, like a block or something in his pocket. So the knife like sticks into the block. Yeah. But instead of like reacting in the way that like, you know, somebody who's just, like just stabbed, been stabbed. stabbed in the leg might react. He just kind of does this like, huh? Like just kind of puts his hands up. Like, like why? Like, like, like yeah, what are you doing, man? Like as if the guy just like somebody just like uh, he stepped in dog poo from the person ahead of him. Like let their dog shit on the street. And yeah. He's just sort of like looking down. Like ah, oh, goddamn, you know. It's, these are my good good jeans. Yeah. He just fucking my only jeans. Yeah. Anyway, that that part was pretty. Uh, and then the guy, and then the shadowy figure just gets up and leaves. And the and the homeless guy pulls the knife out of his leg and is just sitting Fine. there. Fine. He's just like ah, oh. feeding his rats. Uh, it was just, yeah, that was just very strange. But what was the budget of this movie? I have no idea. I have no idea. Cause I feel like in the past, I, I was under the impression that he was like independently wealthy or had made money from like real estate in, in Nevada when we were watching his first movie. But this movie yeah. feels like, He was really saving because of all the reused locations and actors and stuff. Like, he was really trying to keep it trim, you know?
0: Well, I'm under the impression that a lot of those scenes were shot in his house. Like, the later scenes with the movie theater. Yeah, so what do you think? How much did this cost to make?
1: Fuck, man, I have no idea. Like, $500,000? I feel like it's under a million. Is it over a million? $50,000. $50,000. $50,000. That's pretty good. This movie is a,
0: a success. This movie is a success. Like, there is a screening. What, what do we see pay? It. Like $14 to see this movie? Yeah. Something along those lines? Packed packed house. Mm-hmm. Right? Not, not an empty seat in the house. And they're doing another one. Another packed house. And I'm sure this isn't the only city where this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive he's made his money back. On this movie. Plus, like people Disney. who are, making it happen. People who are buying the DVDs, and I think there was a Kickstarter for it beforehand. So, oh,
1: man. there's like people in the lobby of the theater selling like Neil Breen merchandise. Like not even like Neil Breen merchandise, but like unofficial like yeah. fan art and B- of like Breen related like, items, twisted pair posters and stuff like fan art stuff. There, like it's like a thing. It's like a whole thing. So
0: I said this to Bennett at one point. I'm surprised that Neil Breen has never been to Comic
1: Con like it, you think that he of all I think people he takes himself too? i think he's too serious like i think he thinks that that's it's be- beneath, beneath him
0: yeah. yeah anyway uh okay how much would you pay to see this movie not how much did you pay but how much would you pay to see this movie <laughs> again zero yeah <laughs> is, yeah. is I, the answer just... no money <laughs> <laughs> you would
1: you would you stream it for free I mean... No. The answer is no. (laughs) I don't blame you. This is a very much... This is like why we started the the podcast, basically, so that you you could subject me to things that I wouldn't otherwise pay to see.
0: This is a scenario where I would, under the right circumstances, pay up to $30 to see this movie. Whoa. Whoa. But the the circumstances... I'm willing to put
1: that into the hot take category. The circumstances
0: have to be just so. Like... If you told me that I could have like a if, – if it was like a birthday-style scenario where all of my friends who are film heads or who appreciate this sort of thing, if we could all get together and we were all going to see it in a theater like what we did, like the Royal or whatever, mm-hmm. I would say let's do it. You Yeah, know? I would
1: probably do that I'll, now. I'll well, yeah. pay, pay the money. Like If there's another Breen film coming out – Do you know Kathy, like Dave's wife – watched the trailer and yeah. then was then just was straight up like i'm not gonna go see this yeah. movie she had a ticket <laughs> she had a ticket already just about
0: <laughs> saw the trailer Pulling and said the
1: trailer and was just like no, no my ticket's up for grabs she's out uh, um
0: funny. but I
1: think that was my ticket i think that's what got me yeah in.
0: if there was another breen film i would pay upwards of 30 dollars if i knew that everyone else in this scenario was going that's the yeah. only way. Otherwise, it's I'm the paying... making z-
1: of a great April Fool's joke that will play yeah, on you. Honestly. Otherwise, I'm paying zero dollars. Just, uh, yo, go to this theater. Everybody's <laughs> going to be there.
2: <laughs> it's just you.
0: You could have already done that. It easily could have been the case because I showed up at the theater early and saved seats for everybody. Oh, yeah. And so I was sitting there with five other empty seats beside me. If no one showed up, I would have just been that asshole saving <laughs> all these seats, <laughs> trying to watch this Neil Breen film. But anyway, yeah, pretty good. So, um, I think we've decided, yeah, I don't know if, if you were into, if you really liked the room.
1: Yeah. It's like outsider. Yeah. Mega outsider <laughs> film type stuff. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It,
0: if you are the type of person who enjoys things like laser blast or, uh, um, crazy sort of troll too. Yeah. Yeah worst the worst movies basically and you kind of enjoy subjecting yourself to that um then why weren't you at this screening exactly
1: uh, okay so recommendations for the week i have so many because it has been a bit since we've recorded a podcast mm-hmm. um oh, this is tough man i got i got two one's music and one's not music okay so i'll go both the first is a book that I'm reading right now that kind of ties into... Actually, doesn't really. it's sort of loosely tied into everything we're talking about in terms of subject matter. Mm-hmm. China Melville. Excuse me. China Melville, um, the author of Perdido Street Station, The Scar, Iron Council, Rail... He's written a lot of books. The City in the City is one that a lot of people seem to know about. Um, he's like a... I mean, I hate to just like draw this comparison but it is an easy comparison to make in terms of the subject matter but if you're a fan of Neil Gaiman it's like you know he does sort of uh, some of his stories are fantasy and they all take place in the same world um some of them are like modern oh, fuck how do you I don't even know how do you describe that you know like uh like American Gods like how would you describe American Gods like what would be the genre what would be the word for that where it's like modern day but things are not as they seem you know like there's like a hidden world of like
2: fantasy
1: or like mystical shit happening you know what i'm talking
0: about yeah i i
1: i don't know i I, but you know what i mean though yeah it's like an alternate reality yeah it's like it's like modern it's like contemporary fantasy i don't know whatever yeah he that's what he writes like if you've never heard of him before And, uh, he has a collection of short stories called three moments of an explosion that I'm reading right now. Mm -hmm. And it is fucking incredible. I will say that I'm like two thirds of the way through it. And it's probably, I don't know, there's probably like 30 stories in it. yeah, Maybe, um, two of them, I just didn't get, they were like two, they were over my head. I didn't really understand them, Yeah, but most of the stories are like, you know, 10 to 20 pages. And, uh, they're, they're, they're amazing. They're not like, um, some of them are horror, like they, they really run the gamut. Some of them are hor- straight up horror stories, short, short horror stories. Some of them are like science fiction. Some of them seem like they could maybe take place in the fantasy world that he has built in some of his other like novels, like full length novels. Some mm-hmm. of them are just like vignettes, but, uh, it's, it's so sick. Like I'll give you an example um two examples one example is like the is told from the perspective of this um person who like w- w- lives in a london where there are just these floating icebergs in the sky like glaciers just okay. like one day glaciers appear over london yeah like he, like full size massive glaciers mm-hmm. and it's like you go into the story expecting there to be some twist and there's no twist it's literally just about this crazy phenomenon happens right? and people just get used to it. <laughs> and then it's just sort of like about this person growing up, what their life is like in London, remembering lo- events in their life where yeah. there's just these fucking glaciers, you know? And like, there's something really interesting about that. And then there's another story, for example, where it's like, uh, um, oh, I don't know. There's so many interesting ones, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, uh, uh, an actress who does standard practice acting where she like acts like patients with various conditions for med students yeah so that they like will uh you know they'll be like okay you're a you know middle-aged woman with like tuberculosis or whatever and these are your symptoms and then like the doctor will come in and she acts like she has that disease or that illness right so that the med student can like go through the motions and do what they would do but she starts the story is told from the perspective of her partner. Yeah. Like her, her boyfriend or, uh, or whatever. And he starts getting calls from doctors at the place where she's doing the standard practice. And they're saying like, she's doing some weird shit, Mm -hmm. you know, like for, she'll do four sessions where she's like the best actress that we've ever had doing this. And then the fifth one, she'll make something up like some condition or disease that doesn't actually exist. Right. And it's, she's going to get fired because the med students don't know what to do. But then, the The twist in that particular story is that, like, cases of the things that she's acting start mm-hmm. just like manifesting. She's like manifesting. So is it her that's doing it, or well, is you net, you don't. I mean, I'm not going to ruin it. It's not like a. It's not explicitly, and that's sort of like all of his stories. There's, there's very rarely like a specific, like especially in the short stories. Like I said, they're kind of vignettes. Like it's just like a moment well, like three moments in an explosion. Like all the stories are kind of like moments in, you know, either horrific experiences or weird science fiction scenario. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's very compelling. Like, and because they're short stories, it's very digestible. You can sit down, you know, you like get in bed, you can read one or two stories easily. Right. Um, so check that out. China Melville's three moments of an explosion. And then, um, For music, I'm going to save, because I have so much new music I've been listening to built up, I'm going to recommend the new Dilly Dally album. Um, For if you're unfamiliar, it's kind of like just like intense stoner rock. I don't even know if it's stoner rock. I I mean, there's a song called Marijuana and there is clearly a lot of, I feel like it's a good recommendation for this week because it feels like it kind of goes lockstep with Mandy. You know, right. It feels like very psychedelic. It's like loud, it's abrasive. It's like kind of violent sounding, you know, Um, Mm uh, they're Toronto band. Oh, really? I think they're from Toronto. Cool. I'll look it up. So I don't, I didn't just, uh, stick my foot in my mouth, but I'm pretty sure that they're from Toronto. Yeah.
0: All right. My recommendation for the week uh, is a comic that I got while I was on, uh, a work trip. Now, I was going to recommend... They are from Toronto. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I was going to recommend this local comic that I got from Halifax, but I I feel like... (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I feel like recommending uh, a local comic artist would be not great because you would be able to get your hands on it. So maybe I'll save that for next week. But this week, I'm going to recommend a comic called uh, God's Country. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Have you heard of this?
1: Yeah, but I haven't read it. Is it good?
0: Yeah. So it's about um, this guy who moves home with his wife and kid. And when I say home, like to his childhood home to take care of his dad, who's who has Alzheimer's and has gone insane, essentially, or not insane, but like has forgotten everything and like thinks everybody's out to get him and it's causing all sorts of trouble. And it's, you know, making his marriage kind of rocky and all these problems. And then all of a sudden there's this giant storm, a tornado hits the house and out of nowhere, this giant demon creature attacks the son and his wife and their child. And the father, like through the dust appears like this strong, uh, you know, non sort of decrepit old man with a huge sword and like cuts
1: this demon. I had no idea that's what this was about.
0: Oh Yeah. Cuts this demon in half. And it turns out that whenever he's holding the sword, he doesn't have Alzheimer's anymore. But the sword belongs to a, a god who wants it back. It is the sword itself is the Lord of, of blades. It is the perfect blade that anything that has an edge is modeled after, essentially. And uh and so it's about this guy's adventure uh, or not an adventure, maybe misadventure or whatever. It's about him trying to, and then with the sword, he also has the power, the powers of a God. So he's able to immediately just rebuild his, his broken house, like exactly to the way that it was. It just fixes itself. Um, and it's about him sort of keeping the sword or trying to keep the sword while these gods are coming after him and his family. Uh, because he doesn't want he doesn't want to lose his memories again. Because if he lost his memories, he wouldn't have anything essentially. Mm-hmm. But really, what the the comic is about, in some obvious ways and some understated ways, is just about how families deal with Alzheimer's and like what happens when a family member gets Alzheimer's. And like you know, there's obvious points where you see the family actually dealing with the Alzheimer's, but there's Another part where he doesn't want to give up his powers, but really what he's talking about is that, um, like the the, the comic book itself is about him coping with the idea that nothing lasts forever mm-hmm. and kind of accepting that it's y- heavy stuff, your fate is your fate, sort of. Is this
1: like a one shot, like, trade, like graphic yeah. novel?
0: Correct, yeah, um, yeah. it's very good
1: man i have so many recommendations too i gotta save some for next week i've got like so, so much i read some sick comics that i know i haven't recommended before
0: we should do a comic episode soon
1: let's do it uh also though mm-hmm. have, have you yeah you listen to the most recent bill simmons yeah with uh john c riley yeah it's great anyway that you could listen to that there's my third recommendation yep. i don't know where i was going with that i just about started on a crazy tangent but the point is it's fantastic yes cool guy I totally
0: John C. Riley's hilarious anyway uh, thanks for listening guys and hopefully our next episode isn't uh, uh, you know a month away but yeah it'll uh, be good
1: we're, g- we're gonna settle into a groove because yeah. got heat and AC I've got a home new place yeah, yeah. I've locked that down before in the 11th hour so uh, so yeah, hopefully we're back good. to our regular yeah, scheduled programming
0: alright guys thanks a lot
1: keep loving it bye